Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the incoming vendor refreshes that we are finally going to get in year four. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. That will bring you right to the Twitch channel. If you want to listen to these entire episodes as a podcast audio format, you can search for SNTR Presents on all the podcast platforms. I've seen a big uptick in the audio listening on the podcast platform. So thank you for those of you that listen there. If you're watching on YouTube, I've also seen some really, really good growth there. Everybody seems to be really enjoying the episode. So thank you for that. Click like, follow, uh, subscribe, hit the little bell button, all those things. Thank you for doing that. So in the recent TWAB, there were a lot of announcements and I'm still not combing through and doing them all. I wanted to do separate videos for all of them. So we did a video on Transmog, we did a video on the Eververse, and now I wanted to talk about the vendor refreshes. This is going to touch down on the Destiny 3 video that I will do, but I did not want to try to jam these all into one video and either make them really long or talk too fast or skip over what I think are really, really important sections. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is what do they say? I'm going to read the image to you about what they officially announced about what they will be doing. Then I want to talk about just one set. It's just one set of armor. That's kind of a question a lot of people have. I think a lot of people have missed the fact that it's only one set, and I want to drive that home. I am concerned about this factor, and people overstating, YouTubers especially, have been overstating the Eververse getting completely destroyed, which isn't true. Uh, They're setting the community up for a lot of rage and frustration in September, because the Eververse is going to continue to get updated. And then I want to end the video by talking about year 4, 5, and 6, question mark? Year 4, 5, and 6, question mark. What does that mean? So first I'm just going to read you what they said. They said, we are adding a new set of armor for the core playlist, Strikes, Gambit, and Crucible. This armor shares a set of new geometry with decals and shaders specific to the activity. We will create new sets like this each year, e.g. year 4, 5, year 6, ETC. This set will arrive alongside of the next expansion. So that is what they've announced here. And I I really want to make sure we need to be clear that this says they will share geometry, meaning the physical shape of the armor will be the same regardless of where it comes from. They will use decals and skins to designate where it came from. A good example of this, if you want to get an example of this, go into your collections, go to armor, and then go to factions. It's very, very easy to see how this works. Uh, it's especially, e- it's, I think it's the easiest on the Titan. If you go to Titan and you go to factions, Look at the helmet and the gear for Dead Orbit. It's identical to the EDZ set, and they changed the way that it looked according to the fact that it came from Dead Orbit. And then they came back through, and on that same set, they added like the paint stripes, almost like claw marks. Okay, so the geometric shape of the armor is identical to sets that already exist. The anti-extinction suit is the exact same as the set from the EDZ. It's been decaled and skinned as a way to designate where it came from. I want to drive this home really, really clearly because I do think people are going to be disappointed about this factor. They're going to show up to the tower. Oh, yay. Vendor refreshed. Finally, we waited all this time and it's going to be one armor set. Now, I'm going to do my best to tell you why I actually do think this is a good decision, not because I'm a bungee apologist, because I genuinely believe in line with other things they outlined in the TWAB, this is a good push for them to say, we're going to update it, but that's not the primary focus of your grind. 
every single season or year, but we are giving you a base armor set at the vendors that will then have decals and, and skins and things so that you can tell, you know, a helmet is from either Gambit, Crucible, or uh, Zavala, the Vanguard. So just one set is the next section. With transmog and a seasonal aspirational pursuit of armor, I don't think this is that big of a deal. Now, now really track with me here. They're going to do this once a year. They're going to do this vendor refresh armor set once a year. But every season, there is going to be a seasonal aspirational pursuit of armor. I think that's really, really important to note that every season you're going to have a really dope armor set to chase after. This is only once a year. You also have to consider they're putting more in the world in the activities. They've talked about how vanity items will be out and about. And the ornaments will be uh, something that you're going to find in places like the raid and they took the Eververse armor set from next season and they're going to shove it into an aspirational uh, activity. This is exactly what we want to see. We want more out in the world. We don't want to be chasing stuff that's thematically linked to aspirational content in the Eververse. We don't really want to be going to vendors and token slamming. I think this is the right call. Now again, I know people are going to look at this and say, dude, we waited all this time. Is this the best they could do? I'm also going to say, let's kind of wait and see. This TWAB felt like housekeeping. I said that in another video. I don't think this is the primary marketing springboard for year four. This is some housekeeping. They want to get out of the way to set expectations. But I also think it's giving a hint at where the focus is going to be going forward. The focus seems to be going and running activities will be one of the primary drivers. They said they want to move away from bounties being a central or critical path. They're taking things that are thematically linked to aspirational activities and they're not putting them in the Eververse. They're ripping an Eververse armor set out and putting it into aspirational content. They're adding something called accessories. We don't know why they're using that term, but the word accessories showed up a bunch here, at least twice. The one time they said there's going to be exotic accessories in, in the next raid. This is exactly what we've been asking for. Stop putting stuff in vendors or bounties or token slamming sources. We want to go out into the world and grind for gear, and this is right in line with that. Vendor sets, I believe, are meant to be base sets that anybody can kind of get and earn, but it doesn't really matter in light of those two big factors. Number one, transmog, I think is a huge factor here. Who really cares? Who's really chasing vendor armor anyway? And number two, if you really like the way the armor looks, you can get it and then you can transmog it and make anything look that way. Or if you get it and you happen to get some good stats or something, you can always make it look like something else from another source in the game, it sounds like they're really moving toward more customization, so I don't think vendor base sets are as important. Lastly, and maybe even most importantly, what do they mean by year four, five, and six? What could that honestly mean? That's and even an ETC, year four, five, six ETC. First and foremost, I don't think Luke Smith said this out of necessity. I think he said this out of a desire to communicate to us what is happening in the foreseeable future. When he says, we will create new sets like this each year, he doesn't need to give us an example of what he means every year. And then the next bullet point, this set will arrive alongside the next expansion. 
That's all that was needed to be said. Nobody needed clarity on that. He added more details, I think, because he wants us to know that Destiny 2 will be going into year 4, 5, and 6. I think beyond that is when we're going to see predictions, and that's when the possibility of D3 starts to show up. Now, I went on a rant the other day and said, I can't see them only doing Destiny 2. I can't see them never doing a Destiny 3. This actually lines up with some of my predictions about when Destiny 3 would land. So I kind of overstated my case the other day, because in my mind, I was thinking, people saw 4, 5, and 6 ETC, and they were concluding, no more Destiny 3. I don't think that's the case. I don't think we're not getting a Destiny 3. That's primarily what I was reacting to when I said that. I reacted pretty strongly. I'm like, I really don't think we're never getting a Destiny 3. I don't see us living in this game beyond 2022. So this year is year four. Okay, 2020 is year four. 2021 will kick off year five. And then year six will kick off in 2022, which will land the plane nicely for 2023 being a Destiny 3 launch. And my reasoning here is pretty sound. I'm going to do a separate video on this because there's a lot more I want to say, but I wanted to tack this on here because I do think this part in particular is where a lot of people started drawing this conclusion. What they want to build, the vision they have for Destiny, a Destiny they can be proud of, the Destiny that they've always wanted to build, okay? I don't think they can build it in Destiny 2. I think the foundation is too shaky and damaged. I think the game engine itself is too limited and too constrained, too bloated, and too full. I simply don't think they can bring to fruition the vision that they have for Destiny in Destiny 2. I believe Destiny 2 are the building blocks for the next game. If you think about the two primary things we have always said this game needs is a new engine and dedicated servers. I believe Microsoft has what Destiny needs. I still believe in the background there is a deal with Microsoft going on right now and Microsoft is helping them build the next game in a new engine and then they can provide the dedicated servers. Microsoft wants really, really good play anywhere, cross-play games for their platform, so this could be a very good symbiotic relationship. I, I attribute some of this to Phil Spencer's tweet, but I also think just in general, the philosophies of the game and, the, and, and Microsoft as a platform, I think are more aligned than people might think, and that makes the most sense to me. They could be building it in the same engine that the Halo is being, you know, Halo is being built in. Also, Bungie knows they need a development partner. They springboarded into Destiny 2 with a development partner. Vicarious Visions ports Destiny 2 to PC and then is a wonderful development partner for Destiny 2. That'd be a great, great way to springboard into Destiny 3 with a development partner providing the servers, providing the engine. I really do think it makes a lot of sense. Phil Spencer's tweet, the vision they have for Destiny coming to fruition finally. I believe they could slowly start to, again, go down to Skeleton Crew to really start investing in the next game and build it and make it right. And what we're going to get over the next couple of years will be things that maybe were intended for Destiny 3 and have been now shoved into Destiny 2 because they wanted to really build it in a new engine. Lastly, I want to say this. If they truly wanted to build this game in a new engine, that again is one of the reasons they broke with Activision. If Activision was going to force them to do another Destiny launch, a Destiny 3, which would have springboarded with the ships... And that would have been kind of the transition this September. And Bungie knew they couldn't do that again. Again, that makes sense to me to cut ties with Activision, finish the game off with that content instead of a new cut, co- instead of a new title, and start to lay better groundwork for the next game. 
That is what I believe is happening, and I'll do another video to explain more of that in greater detail because there's a lot more I'd like to say. We're going to transition to Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching to another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that follow my talk about the vendor refreshes coming in year four. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now at saynotorage.com. If you want to listen to these entire podcast episodes, you can look for SNTR Presents on all the podcast platforms. If you're on YouTube, the like, share, subscribe button are all really helpful to me. The comments, the bell... The, all of that. I really appreciate the growth and the support on YouTube lately. Thank you so much for doing that. Let's get into the questions. We're going to do this right up until reset. We do think something might be happening today, so I don't want to be doing Q&A too long after reset if I can uh, if I can help it. First question from Billy. Would you be happy with a year two treatment of, the, of all current vendor weapons and armor, a complete top to bottom refresh? I actually think this is a possibility to a degree. I think the weapon system is the big bombshell they haven't dropped yet. I think we're going to get an armor 2.0. Oh my gosh, they're overhauling weapons. And I believe it's happening in September. And that's also when they're going to do sunsetting. They're going to introduce the idea of sunsetting. Um, in, in, in that lane, I think this could then affect vendors. They could say, okay, we're also going to be going back and overhauling some of the outdated weapons or year one weapons. Because there's so many static roles, they might decide to do that. Again, if they're going to do that with vendors, that would kind of go into the idea that like going out, going out into the world is where the new stuff is, but you can get some of the old reprisals in the tower. They, the more I read that twab, that's that's the vibe I get that they really want to put things out in the world for us to chase. Um, what would they do to weapons though? I don't see how you iterate on them. There's plenty of ways to iterate. You could start to do random roles, expand the mod system, expand the champion system, introduce brand new roles, introduce the ability to augment a perk or upgrade a perk or level a perk. There's a lot of room for work uh, and iteration on the weapons. Right now, it's look for reload and damage, and that's basically it. They could really start to go down the lane of mechanical perks like Warmind Cell Generation. Instead of that being on the armor, it could be on the guns. I, I think they're going to do a weapon system overhaul in September. So, uh, Sally took my galley. Hey, Lono, do you think Bungie would ever make extra raid encounters for seasonal content? Maybe use that to replace seasonal six-man activity that's gotten a bit repetitive. No, this is not in the cards. They've, I think they've made it clear without saying it that we're getting one raid a year, and I'm okay with that. Now, I said something last night on the Rageous Roundtable. I said, if I'm Bungie and I'm only doing one vendor armor set a year, what I would do is... I would make one set and it make just look incredible, okay? As far as geometry and physical attributes, make it look dope. And then I would slowly take pieces away so that the base set you get in September is nice, but it slowly gets way cooler. If you look at the differences between the armor set that came with, I can show you right now, okay? Real, real easy. If you look at this helmet, okay? This helmet is a very basic helmet. It's very, very, you know, ground level. And then this is clearly inspired by it. The geometry, the base geometry doesn't change, okay? The lines on the side don't change. I'm basically wearing the substitutional alloy hood, and I'm putting on the Venotype ornament, okay? Do you see that? 
You see the difference? It's the same base hood, and the geometry changes. This right here, this ornament, to me, would be the summer version that you're adding on to as the year comes to a close. This helmet here is what you would get in September. It's a base set, basic geometry, have some Vanguard or Crucible or Gambit decals on there, and then the next season, as you're playing, you unlock you know, elements to its appearance change through an ornamentation. By the time you get to summer, it looks like that. So by the time you are done with the year, that base set is the same set, but it's one that you've been investing in and working on. I would take that same philosophy. Bungie can get way more capital out of raids and one armor set a year is if it goes and changes, evolves, and gets added onto throughout the year. So the raid launches in September, and then the winter season, there's bounties, ornamental pursuits, accessory pursuits, and you do that through an NPC. So by the time you get to the summer, the the difference between this helmet is similar to the difference between all your your raid gear. You got decorations, you got all this stuff. People are speculating that the announcement from Jeff could be Bungie related, might even be Destiny. Well, keep me in the loop. I'll add that to the Q&A if something significant happens. Uh, Zygen. Do you think that the Fellwinter's Lie will drop today as a quest, or do you believe that the data mine day for the ornament, the 19th, is going to be the day we get the quest? No, I think the quest would happen now, and then that would lead to us getting, you know, uh, the gun, working on getting the gun, and then by the time we have it, then the ornament drops, right? That's, that's, I think that that is the most likely uh, outcome. They like to drop the ornament once everybody has the weapon. I think they did the same thing with Whisper. So I would see that as 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 uh as how they would run it. Peter Iliak. With Bungie attempting to rejuvenate the seasonal format, do you think that we should still expect the current dynamic of content, heavy fall, light spring? Should all seasons be equally weighted? I actually have spoken to this in other in other talks when it comes up about how Trials isn't gonna get their new armor set or guns until September third I'm sorry, until uh, season thirteen. So September is not going to get that. And I said, maybe they're trying to do that. Maybe they're trying to make sure that it's not like a boulder and then these little pebbles uh, after the fact. In that lane, I do think they might start leaning away from this. Less of a boulder and then a bunch of pebbles. And then instead do like a big nice cornerstone with other stones that follow it. A more stable rhythm. Uh, people are saying it's Tony Hawk. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm. Are you guys memeing? Is it really Tony Hawk? <laughs> Anyways, um, so like I do think that's going to be a shift, and I'm I'm basing that off of their trials, their information about trials. Um, so, online Buffalo. Why are we back to the D1 vendor system? Seems to fit the fun action MMO idea that Bungie is going for with tokens or the stupid bench thing on the moon that was a few good weapons and some mediocre weapons. This really isn't a question. This is you complaining. So I'm going to skip. I don't want to I don't want to encourage that type of question submission. That's just you complaining. I think what they're coming up with is fine. The D1 system was literally go and play and periodically come back and roll over to get an item. Like that's not a that's not a good vendor system. I think they need to evolve it and iterate on it. D1 system was not very good either, I don't think. Um, Tony Hawk is joining him to announce Destiny 3. That sounds about right. 
Oh, we don't know yet. Okay, 20 seconds left. I was like, oh my gosh, is it really Tony Hawk? That doesn't seem like a kickoff. <laughs> doesn't seem like a kickoff. Um, next question from Tell Your Dog I Said Hi. Uh, it really is Tony Hawk? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not Tony Hawk. Yes, it's Tony Hawk. Okay, well, now we don't know what's real, what, uh, what's up, what's down. When looking at the obelisks, the bunkers, and menageries, do you think there is an opportunity to use the vendor platform to increase the use of vendors besides just bounty farming? Well, I mean, I, I've been saying for a super long time that you should take the obelisk format and turn it into the what the vendors look like. I should go to Zavala, and he should look like the obelisks did. There's a seasonal rank. The higher up I go in the season, the more stuff I have. Weapon frames, I say they should be weapon boons. And then you you buy the weapon boon, and then that increases the likelihood of things dropping from those activities. So your end of game rewards in Crucible or the bosses dropping items in strikes are influenced by those boons. Um, it is a Tony's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Uh, what are they doing? Like a re a re a remaster? Um so I've been saying that for a while. Uh, obelisks are essentially very similar to kind of the idea of the menagerie. So I've continued to say vendors should look like that every season. Light leap. What do you think Bungie's plans are for vendors in general? The weapon will probably be an investment grind. The armor is a decent incentive to run core activities. Is there even a good place in the future for vendors in Destiny? I'm going to just really, really echo what I just said about the the weapon boons and the rank I, I, I just I really feel like that would be such a good move for vendors I'm leveling up the vendor and getting benefits oh vicarious visions help with the remaster good for them um that that's that's how I would do it I would say you know let's move away from token slamming and let's decide and let's build a system to where let's say you get to rank 50 on the vendor well now all of a sudden there should be benefits the boon for drop rate on guns should be more effective or the percentage should get higher the longer you're in the playlist and it should do that a little bit quicker Uh, you should get maybe more XP from the core activities maybe you get you know I don't know uh, better currency earn rates or things like that I think that'd be a better way to utilize the vendors. I even said let's move away from bounties and go toward objectives. I said there should be daily, weekly, monthly, and season-long objectives that you're slowly working on that aren't bounties. And Bungie recently even used that language when they talked about moving away from bounties, and they said something about to the effect of objection uh, objectives. They said that. So I'm not saying they got the idea from me, but I'm saying they're tracking with what a lot of us have been feeling that can we move away from bounties and move more towards something that maybe is a little bit of a longer investment path as opposed to just like the daily, you know, repeatable bounty grind. Uh, Arson at dawn with the next question. Four months from Genius, thank you, and 13 months from Epping, welcome back. It sounds like bounties with extra steps. Well, an objective, though, would be more of a long tail, like complete X number of strikes in a week or season or month, and there'd be a reason for you to do that. Once you're done with that objective, you unlock a perk on the vendor. Bounties right now are so tenuous. You grab them, do it, you're done. Grab them, do it, you're done. Yeah, more like a quest. It would feel more like an investment and something that you're you're dedicating time to 
as opposed to this idea that like you're just every day going to the tower grabbing bounties and just slamming through bounties like that's essentially one of the reasons i think people are getting really really worn out is they feel that everything is this tiny circle uh nothing is you know nothing is significant or more drawn out i think that's why the obelisk grind was actually kind of nice you saw the evidence of your grind you saw the perks you saw the unlocks i think people like that sort of thing um they lost 1k viewers as soon as the announcement happened on twitter yeah this is not the major this is not the major summer games thing yet this is just like a preliminary thing i didn't expect it to be a big thing um, Arsenic Dawn. Do you think that Bungie is starting to make it into a better place financially where they can extend their bandwidth and grow it? Do you think that's why this has been addressed? I don't know. You guys ask questions like this pretty regularly, and I say the same thing every time. I don't work there. I don't know what their bandwidth is. I speak very generically about how they've been open about limited bandwidth. They've been open about not being able to maintain the bandwidth of that season pass where we had Black Armory, Drifter, and Opulence. I speak very generically. I don't know if they're in a financial place where they're going to increase their bandwidth. I don't know who they'd increase their bandwidth with there. Who would they increase their bandwidth with? Would it be another company? Would they hire? How quickly could that affect the bandwidth and the efficiency of the company? Maybe they've already done that. Maybe that's why they're 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 all eyes on September. I, I just simply don't know. I, there's no way for me to know that. Thirty nine months from Ruguru, thank you. I had people asking if I thought they were in a better financial situation, and is that why they're they're trimming down and nerfing the Eververse? Well, first of all, they're not nerfing the Eververse. They're creating prioritization of the Eververse items so that thematic items don't end up in there, and that exotic accessories and vanity items are out in the world. That doesn't mean they're not going to be adding things to the Eververse every season. All of the YouTubers that clickbaited their way into like, oh my gosh, they're nerfing, killing, gutting, getting rid of the Eververse, they're not doing that. They're not. They never said they're doing that. And all those people are doing is setting people up for irritation and disappointment because in September, they're going to have a probably very similar looking Eververse with lots of new items in it. And then everybody's going to be like, oh, I thought they were nerfing and gutting and getting rid of the Eververse. No, they didn't say that. YouTubers said that. Skip said, since we sort of have a clear view on the remaining lifespan of Destiny 2, do you believe that the game can survive two to three years without being able to add much more content since the engine is being maximized? This is the giant question mark, Okay. This is the giant question mark. Can they get us to 2023 if that's the launch date of D3? Can they get us there? And if they can, what's that going to look like? I think September is going to be part of the answer to this equation. First of all, there's lots of speculation and whispers about a new engine this September. That is insane to me, but... Maybe it's happening. I don't know. We speculated before Q&A that when they broke with Activision and Phil Spencer's tweet that got my attention and he said he's looking forward to working on one of his favorite franchises with one of his favorite developers. Those two words and those connections just seem very strong. Maybe back then, Microsoft started working on porting Destiny 2 to a new engine so that it could maximize performance on the Xbox Series X. I don't know. I have no idea. So... If if that's happening, that'll freaking blow me away. It'll 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 absolutely blow me away if they pull that off. 
if they don't do that, but they manage to do something pretty significant that can set a pattern to say, hey, every year we can really, you know, do some good things to set up the ethos and changes to core activities and really reinvigorate the game, that could give people confidence that, like, we could go a couple more years with this. I'm telling you, September is the question mark. If they plan to do a year four, five, and six, and this is year four, then okay. Then then, then September and beyond is the true testing ground. And if it and if it ends up feeling very similar to Shadow Keep, Dawn, and then where we presently are now with Worthy, I think that'll be that'll be maybe a little bit too thin for people. I just I I don't know. I don't think Shadow Keep, Dawn, and Worthy is a very good showing, and I think Bungie knows that. They've got to have better, they have to have better uh, home runs. They didn't even get players on base this season, it felt like. I mean, Trials was, they got on base, and then they got tagged out. Like, Trials is gone. Trials is bad. Trials is a, is a blemish on the franchise right now. And the se- the seasonals, you know, the seasonal content is equally bad, thin, and very, very disliked. And then Guardian Games, like, they have struck out a lot this season. Guardian Games, just a giant whiff. Nothing but air. They didn't even foul tip the ball. Just Titans the whole time. They did not appropriately plan for how the event was designed and how players would respond. Okay? Huge whiff. Trials. Another just what on earth, what happened. The public event. Terrible. Made worse by an update. Like, it is just, this is a bad season. And so, next year, if that's the beginning of, if we're supposed to go into year four with this idea of like, here's these quality of life changes they're making, here's these foundational efforts they're making with the Eververse and vendor refreshes, year four, then five and six, year four is a giant question mark for me. It really, really is. I, we'll have to see. We really will have to see. Because that's going to be the springboard into this can they last the next three years on this engine? Rule number one, do not cater to the casuals. The rest will work itself out. You can't cater to them, but you certainly have to have accessibility points. That's one of the biggest problems with this season is there's 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 really, really bad accessibility points. Parasito. Should vendors all be refreshed in the same way? Is the room for unique mechanics and interactions by vendor, similar to how Ada Benedict are all different from the Vanguard? I think that Gambit, Vanguard, and Crucible all being sort of uh, homogenized, is that the word? If you do that to them, and they all look similar and have similar you know, mechanics and leveling systems, and then they have the weapon, and then they have the shared armor set, I think unifying those guys is fine. That doesn't bother me. Then that gives, you know, some ground to a new NPC or something fresh happening being a little bit more exciting. Oh, hey, go talk to Ikora. She's attached to the new activity or she's attached to this new grind or whatever. Um, I think the, the base the base tower vendors uh, can be very, very similar. I, I think that's fine. Skip said... Raids are the best pieces of content in Destiny without debate. Okay, that's subjective, so you can't really say that. Can they add vendors that aid raid replayability? Also, do you believe adding a chance at exotics from chests like Leviathan would help more for the player base than the content? This is a bad question. I'm sorry, it just is. First of all, you state your opinion as fact, which is irritating to me. I always get kind of, like, I bristle at that. So, 
incorrect on your premise, which makes the rest of your suggestions pretty shaky. Only about 10% of the community engages with raids, so this sort of prioritization isn't really founded. Um, I don't have a problem with what you're suggesting. I've been suggesting it for a very long time. We need a raid NPC to extend relevancy and replayability of raids, but I really don't think that's the front focus right now. Oh, we need a chance at exotics from the chests. Would that help the player base play the content? No. Raids traditionally have gotten a small slice of engagement, about 10% of the daily, about 10% of the community regularly engage with raids, and they're going to continue to give you dope raids, more aspirational stuff's coming in September, along with something called exotic accessories. I think that's totally fine. I don't think they need to go through the game right now and start trying to give people a reason to go run raids. Um, so, Timmy with the brand new sub. Enjoy the dope badge, emotes, and ad-free viewing. Eight months from Jinder and Dark Knight with 34. I think I thank Dark Knight. So, listen, I I love the raids. I really do. I think raids are the crown jewel of PvE content, but the, the loot has sucked for a long time. It's just not been very, very good. And that, to me, is a giant limp like raids are a limping horse this big majestic beautiful horse and then it limps it can't run it can't run very far raids don't get very far for me because the loot sucks i mean i I, i'm not gonna i am not gonna go and put up with raids for mediocre loot so the, the the horse comes out of 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 the stables and it's always like oh my gosh what an absolutely beautiful horse let's see how far it can run and it gets about 10 yards and it cramps up and starts limping. It's like, what's wrong with it? Uh, we've not really been working on endurance. Raids don't have endurance right now. They just don't. And I think that needs to be addressed. And it seems that they're looking to address that. Minty Socks. If D3 is coming, what do you think the story will be? Not concerned with answering that one. I don't like to do that. Uh, do you think Bungie will do a full Destiny 3 or just Destiny 2 launch and new engine? We've been going back on fifth, f- forth on this all morning. I still think a D3 is happening. I think 2023 is the launch date. I, I, what they do with Destiny 2 between here and now, as I said, is a question mark for me. D flawless. Vendor refreshes only fixes part of the problem. What would you like to see done about the token system, and does it still have a place in the game going forward? If I got my way and vendors looked closer to the way that the obelisk looked, then your then your tokens have a purpose. You would use them to buy the weapon boons. You would use them to unlock the perks once you earn them or something. Um, maybe you could spend extra tokens to increase your drop rates on the weapon boons. So I'd have a reason to plow through my tokens, and then that would be the great equalizer. There'd be like imagine there's a spectrum of tokens, and I'm up here, and casuals are down here. There's like a slope. And if you give me a system where I can spend a lot of tokens to try to earn an awesome weapon and an awesome roll, and I spend those tokens to get the boon, and then I'm spending tokens to buff the boon while I'm in strikes, slowly it equals out, and hardcore players start eating through their tokens, and all of a sudden it stabilizes. So then going forward, that's just something you refresh every season. Every season your rank resets, the perks reset, the boons rotate, and, and, and that's a great way to make vendors relevant every season. If you're only going to do the armor once a year, you could rotate through some weapons each season and those perks could always reset and maybe change a little bit, you know? Maybe by the time you get to the end of the rank, the weapon boon weapons are dropping with an extra perk the way they did with, uh, you know, Sundial or something. Like, there's there's something maybe a little more special about them. And so that, that 
that invokes the tried and true spectrum of the more you put in, the more you get out and people are then motivated to grind. This would apply to end of game rewards in Crucible, end of game drops in Gambit, and uh, items dropping from the boss in the strikes. Smash Boy. Do you think that we will get aspirational content for only new content or also for old raids dungeons? I believe at some point there will be aspirational injection into older content, whether that's an Age of Triumph thing for the raids, or at the very least, that's what Grandmaster Nightfalls is aiming to do, using existing content in an existing lane to put aspirational stuff into it. Duke, why does Bungie not want to go back to true primary, secondary, and heavy weapon system? I don't know. They've never spoken, you know, very strongly about this. We've had quotations and hearsay. I, I think it's, I think this is reliable, but we've never had a direct quotation from Bungie. But they feel like that's a step backwards from everything we've heard. Uh, Joseph, jo, uh, Jay Satiro, seventeen months from Bedlam. Welcome back. If they are working with Microsoft for D3 and a new engine, is it possible to get D2 in the new one that benefits may come from that? Again, there could be a long there could be a long con going on here in that Microsoft started porting Destiny 2 to the new engine when they broke with Activision to prepare for the new consoles. That could also then be laying the groundwork for Destiny 3 being in a better, more agile and stronger engine and they could spend year 4, 5 and 6 experimenting with what's possible how big can the areas be can we add more people to the instances Uh, can we do more with uh, community events live events live updates that could be their way to sort of get through again some of the lessons and things they need to learn before the next game comes out again in my mind the most likely thing is not a new engine in September but in the next game in 2023 I believe that's the most likely. I believe the least likely is that they just they just ring out D2 like a rag, and then in 2022, that's the final year, they never do anything else. I think that's the least likely outcome, because that's not the destiny they want to build. That's not the vision that they've had for destiny. The vision that they've had for destiny only happens in a new engine, new, new system, new servers. Like That's the only way they can build the destiny they want to build. I, do, I don't see this game giving them the space flexibility and size and scope that they really want to build the destiny that they're proud of I don't think they've done it yet they continue to use that kind of language that they want to build a destiny that they're proud of then that means this one isn't you know um okay Brom Brom fan with the vendor armor getting refreshed once a year, could they introduce new decals ornaments for those armor sets during the future seasons to keep giving a reason to go to the vendors? It was either 30 and still gaming or Paul Tassie, I can't remember, that said this last night. Maybe they do the set and then every season they do little updates, little cool decorative things. And that sparked my idea to say, make an insanely awesome set and then take pieces away so the base set in September evolves and lands on like I showed you just a moment ago with the base set from Garden I'm sorry not Garden the base set from Vex Offensive looking very similar and is the it's clearly the base set that is built upon with the the Vex ornament that came from Vex Offense uh, Season of the Undying 
So that sparked that idea. I can't remember which one of them said that, but they said, you know, oh, maybe they do the base sets and then the decals and the ornamentation changes every season. That's not bad. So I think that'd be a good way to make the base sets a little bit more exciting and more of an evolving set. Maybe they have more freedom to do that since it's an existing asset that they're tweaking and adjusting and it's easier to interact with those, those cosmetic levels as opposed to doing a new set every three months or three new sets every 12 months. You know what I'm saying? By the way, if you're just tuning in, the, the the viewership and the turnouts have been really, really big lately. People have really been enjoying the interactive podcast style stream that we do here. It's also family friendly. I know a lot of folks are stuck at home right now. If you're enjoying the stream, be sure to click the follow button. That's the heart button up in the corner. We're going to do Q&A right up until reset. We do think something's going on today. So in about 40 minutes, we'll check everything. We'll check the sky boxes, see if there's some hidden quests or activity or something going on. Because uh, there is a there, there's it's very likely something's going to be happening today as Guardian Games uh, comes to a close and thank you everybody for being here it's been awesome uh, the crazy growth of the channel lately has just been great it's nice to have this happening we did our big move today uh, the apartment around me is empty now no furniture here I will be working here for a couple of weeks though what I want to do to the new studio at the old at the, at the new house it's going to take a couple weeks um, Opeth soccer mom did they build for future through year two as much as they seem to be doing in year three all of these changes that they are outlining in the twabs seem to be pointing toward a long game for d2's life cycle i don't disagree uh with what you're saying and i think that's why they are doing what they're doing i think they i think activision had them launching a pyramid ship springboard destiny 3 in september of 2020 okay and I think Bungie said, we don't want to freaking do that. So Bungie breaks with Activision, and then the Pyramid Ship storyline arc springboard gets absorbed into Destiny 2. When they do that, I think that they also hatch a plan for a good, different new engine, new servers, Destiny 3. Right? That's what I think. I think they said, look, we can't do that. We can't do a Destiny 3 with the Pyramid Ships, and we're not ready. The engine's not good enough for it. This, again, is why I think a Destiny 3 with the new engine is happening. Because if, if if all they're going to do is change the structure a little bit, but still give us the same content in the same engine with the same servers and the same backend everything, why go through the pain of breaking with Activision? Breaking with Activision and absorbing what was probably planned for D3 into D2, to me makes sense only if you're gonna do a really true genuine upgraded new engine dedicated servers destiny 3 i don't see them going through all that just to drop the d3 and to and basically just do the same thing you're still in this server you're still in this system you're still in this engine Ubisoft issued a statement to IGN revealing that the forthcoming release will target 30 FPS as a minimum frame rate. Should we worry about D2 on next gen? I want more details on Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I believe the minimum 30 FPS is for 4K. They're basically saying if you run 4K, it's never going to dip below 30. I think if you don't run 4K, you'll get a locked in 60. I think a ton of games are going to do that. They're going to do 4K 30 uh, lock 60. Now again, Assassin's Creed games are humongous so destiny could do 1080 120 4k 60 i happen to think 
Destiny 2 will be a locked-in 60 on the new platforms. Wheezy disagrees with me. He made a very good point that a 1080 could run 120 and a 4K could run 60 because I run 1440 and I get a, I get a pretty solid 120. So, I don't know. They could be, and again, that's a minimum. They're not saying that's the average. They're saying minimum. So if you're running 4K on Assassin's Creed Valhalla and you're in some huge open area with water and trees and blah, 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 you might get 30 in some of those areas, ship battles or whatever the frick. When you get into the smaller areas and the fights and the and the climbing and stuff, you'll probably get closer to 60. Again, they're saying minimum, so... We, we need more details if it's a minimum 30 for 4k that's not alarming to me for a game that size it really isn't it isn't you're, you're talking about resolution pushes that they haven't previously done truffles with the vendor refreshes are we hoping that they put similar updated version of what they had in d1 with vendor leveling that relies on more than just slamming tokens and could be more XP based. Well, I would certainly hope so. I don't think people have responded all that well to the the vendor the vendor token slamming. Um, I I don't think so. I I I think they'd have to go more toward I, again. I think the obelisks were such a good system. Now I know they were slightly bounty based, but still. The, the core the core tenant there was invest in this and get perks cap it out max it out boom you're done they could do that with a vendor slow it down a little bit so it lasts for at least a, like I would say about a month for more casual players hardcore players could max it out in you know two to three weeks so spawning do you think that D2 will eventually drop DLC expansions for older uh, oh, PS4, Xbox One with new console generation on the way. This is why, or maybe supporting seasonal content for the generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is related to the really big picture for September is also touching on this. It's all connected, okay? So if, if Bungie does something significant in September and they start really pushing the fact that you can get increased performance on the Series X or the PlayStation 5 then that'll get a lot of console players to tip over and and switch. And then 12 months from now, if they have 80 to 90% of their audience on next gen, they'll leave behind old gen. That's what they did with Rise of Iron. Less than 10% of the community was on old gen. I think that's a big part of the acquisition process, convincing the Destiny community to buy the new consoles. That is a big big factor here. It's a huge factor. And I'm telling you, watch the marketing. Watch it. If they seem very, very much in a some sort of a partnership or something with Xbox, with Microsoft, keep an eye on that. That's going to give credence to a lot of my predictions. I, I'm, I'm telling you, a maximized Destiny performance on Series X, that's something that Phil Spencer could have really pushed for and worked, and that could be going on in the background right now. You get a ton of people to, to, to come over, PlayStation would do the same thing. PlayStation's the larger audience right now on console. And then they would not sign to do exclusivity, T-Funk. I don't think so. But a symbiotic relationship? Maybe. Maybe. For optimization, potentially dedicated servers, new engine, those are all things that I think would benefit us and Bungie as opposed to getting paid a bunch of money to give strike exclusive loot. I don't think they're ever going to go back on exclusivity. And Phil Spencer doesn't want to do it either. 
Phil Spencer said after Tomb Raider got a lot of criticism they were going to move away from third party exclusivity because they didn't feel like it was it was what they wanted to invest their money in so Phil Spencer says that and Luke Smith and Mark Noseworthy walk, walk out announce moving to Steam and they announce no more platform exclusivity so Luke Smith and Noseworthy say it Phil Spencer says it I can't see them going back on that I think that would be a PR nightmare it wouldn't be worth whatever they think is, is they're going to get from it. People would be furious. They, and your larger audience is on Sony. But Bungie knows their own numbers, man. They know that they have a the, the biggest portion of their audience is on the Sony platform. So, and they yeah they partnered up with Google and Stadia and all that to launch it there. I mean that was that was definitely them working with another company to get everything running nice and smooth. I don't think they're going to go exclusive. I don't think they're going to do uh, any exclusive items or any of that. Now, it's all in the marketing. Destiny 2 Enhanced, optimized for peak performance on the Xbox Series X. And then the Xbox thing hits. You know, optimized for Xbox Series X. I mean, there, there could be... That's just marketing. That's not exclusivity. That's just optimization. And that's good for marketing. That's good for Microsoft. Microsoft likes games like Destiny. Play anywhere, cross save. Like, that's what they like. <laughs> when am I going to do commercial voiceovers? I mean, they, they can call my agent. <laughs> it's Truds. Everybody is buzzing about vendor refresh, but Shadowkeep is the only yearly DLC which didn't bring a vendor refresh. Isn't this something that we should expect yearly instead of celebrating its announcement? Well, I I do think, I do think that we should celebrate it because we've been asking for it and they're finally doing it. Like, just because they didn't do it in Shadowkeep, what, are we supposed to finger wag and be like, no, you guys should have done it back then. I mean, everything in the TWABs as of late are direct requests from the community. A less focus on bounties, quality of life adjustments to Trials of Osiris with respect to bounties, token earn rate, uh, you know, low card farming, etc. Eververse changes, uh, vendor changes. Uh, aspirational armor pursuit like these are all things we've been requesting so for me I never want to push the pause button and be like well but they, they I mean they should have done it in the last season no like if they're going to give a laundry list of community requests that's a good thing and here's the thing that everybody forgets I, I, I was talking about this last night with Clintus and 30 and still gaming why did D1 feel so much better to some people and I said D1 was so barren and empty that anytime they did an improvement or a deliverable it was like a, it was like the savior of the game so the quality of life improvements were more potent and more felt because D1 was so in such bad shape. Destiny 2 all the quality of life improvements all the adjustments and things they did to make the game better when they started Shadowkeep everybody's forgotten about that now everybody just oh yeah the game sucks it's bad I'm sick of this I'm sick of that they forget all the quality of life improvements. We get quality of life improvements every season and people just forget they just forget we're more spoiled. You know, we're a little more spoiled now. I don't like saying it, but I really do think that D1 quality of life improvements were more profoundly felt because it was a glass of water in a desert. 
and right now we're getting little glass of waters more regularly and we're just accustomed to it now and we're like well that glass of water was a little lukewarm or that glass of water was a little too cold and we're more we're more analytical about what we're getting because it's not like oh my gosh I'm literally going to die of thirst thank you for this glass of water we get quality of life changes that should already be in the game that's not true either adjustments to the centerpiece of bounties how, how are they supposed to know that should be in the game how we didn't have a bounty focus we had almost no bounties before shadow keep they add bounties and what's the community do the genius of millions luke smith and others have talked about how in the first hour of gameplay they get more feedback than they could from years of internal testing they add bounties and what do we do we figure out path of least resistance and we live in lost sectors and bungie's like oh well i never would have guessed people would do that they're di- you're ser- they're living in lost sectors really really okay let's we'll make some adjustments it, it should have been it, they should have thought about this beforehand what what are you what are you talking about what do you mean they should have predicted the way that we were going to play we as a community have proven to be incredibly unpredictable well th- they should have known that we were going to stand in a random public space spot where enemy spawn rate could be tricked by going to an aggro threshold. Hence, here comes Loot Cave. They were supposed to... You see what I'm saying? It's just one of those things where they add stuff and then we engage with it and sometimes we're like, this is great. I'll give you a perfect example. I'm going to use myself in this example. Ada shows up and we think her weapon frames are excellent. And Lono, go back and watch. Lono sat here and said, every NPC should have weapon frames. We need more weapon frames. I was just carrying the flag for weapon frames. What happened when we continued to get weapon frames? Season of Dawn basically was too much of a good thing. By the time we got to the end of Season of Dawn, people were like, I, I, I don't want to see another weapon frame. I, I, this is, this is, it's too transactional. It's too bounty focused. It just feels like another bounty. So I adjusted I adjusted my position. I said, okay, weapon frames are a little bit too transactional. They do just feel like a weapon bounty. Let's go to weapon boons instead. Weapon boons respect the spirit of the vendor. They respect the spirit of a targeted farm, but it puts the loot out into the world. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like They put in weapon frames because we asked for them. We praised Ada's weapon phrase. We praised the intentionality of Menagerie. So what did we get? We got Sundial. We got weapon frames. We got loot intentionality out the waz. And guess what? It's a little too much. It's a little too much, Bungie. This is a little too much control. It's a little too transactional. It's not activity focused. You know, it's transactionally focused. And so this is another example though these were quality of life improvements these were things that we praised but then eventually we're like yeah but could you do it a little bit differently could you make it different could you make it more out in the game could you make it more organic another example I'll give you is skeleton keys the skeleton key system in destiny 1 was flawed and I criticized it every day and they got rid of it that's an overreaction, right? They should have made the skeleton key system better. Don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. That, that is something that they're attempting, in my mind, to not do now. So they put things in, and again, whenever you're like, oh, they should have known, 
How are they supposed to know that we were going to get tired of bounties? We asked for them. How do they know we were going to get tired of weapon frames? We asked for them. It's just one of those things where they throw it out, we come over it, and then the weaknesses and the flaws get exposed so they can tweak and make adjustments. I feel like the path we're on now is less of a pendulum swing and more of a road of evolution. Uh, brand new sub from Collisions. It's a Prime sub. Thanks for using your Twitch Prime here. If you have Prime and you use it here, you get ad-free viewing as a sub here. And a Tier 2 sub from Dusty the Mad. Thank you. That's a lot of emotes and ad-free viewing for you guys that choose the sub here. Thank you. If every time they've done things like this in the past, it's always felt like a pendulum swing. When I read this twab and these updates about vendor refreshes and armor sets and aspirational content and this and that and blah blah blah, I feel like they're saying, how we take the existing systems and make them better, more respectful of the player, instead of these pendulum swings. Here's another example of a pendulum swing. Prismatic Matrix! Oh my gosh, so generous! You get everything! And then you swing away from Prismatic Matrix and everybody gets angry. I'm not getting all of the I'm not getting all the Eververse items now. That's just a pendulum swing. I feel like we're on we're on a train we're on a track now, and as the further we go down the track, we're getting improvements. That's why I, I'm 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 encouraged by what I'm hearing, and not like, well, here we go again, massive systemic changes to the game, and then we're all going to be like, yeah, it's good, but nice frames got the same ones myself oh thank you yeah i got these and the infernos i really like these i wasn't sure about round frames but i uh, i like them hot cup of nasty with 800 bits thank you i'd rather they try something new and it not be popular than trying uh than not try new stuff at all yeah well uh, you know the community is crying in gambit <laughs> The community is crying in gambit reading your statement. I would rather them lean into what works. Menagerie style content, sundial style content, intentionality style content, you know, loot pursuit style. Rift, uh, breakthrough, uh, (laughs) salvage, uh, gambit. There's a laundry list of things they've tried that are new that are, are, are lying in a shambles on the floor that are sort of like, yeah, they need to not always try and do something new. Um, and Gambit's not as bad as they make it out to be, but it certainly is not a hit with the community. It isn't. So, uh, Sally took my galley. Do you think weapon retirement will be tied to vendor refreshes? Meaning we'd get a new loot pool every year, but our gear would be retired every year as well. No, it's not tied to the vendors. No, the actual item itself, like the actual item itself, when it lands in the game in and then 12 months later it's like nope it can't be infused anymore like right now when you go into your menu it's already it's already set up for this I go to my outlast and I go to infuse it right and it says the maximum power of this item can be infused is 1010 well eventually 12 months after 12 months an item is going to say the maximum power of this can be infused is 1010 and then a new item is going to say the maximum you know infusion power is going to be 1060 so things are just going to get left behind on the infusion cap that's all. It doesn't. It's not tied to the vendors. Dark phenomena. Do you think that the faction vendors should be refreshed with weapons from D one? Th- this is just you suggesting that they do this and asking if I think they should do it. It's not really a question. <laughs> I, you know, hey, I think they should throw the Destiny one weapons in the faction vendors. I'm not going to fight you on that. There's some cool weapons from back then. But I mean, other than saying yes or no to this question, there's not much I can say. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no to this, but. 
I would be concerned about people being like, oh, it's just another reskin, reskin, reskin. Um, Bungie ends up getting that criticism a lot. So, if they did it, you wouldn't hear complaints from me. Oh, cool. It's the, uh, it's the Wormwood. Oh, cool. It's the Hung Jury, you know? Um, obviously, scouts aren't in the best place right now. But again, you know, people would be excited to see that. There's always going to be the people that say reskin, reskin, reskin. You might, you should just write this prediction down. You're going to hear the reskin criticism, I think, probably a lot for year four. Because I think they are going to go in and try and re- reinvigorate core activities as well as uh, loot that, you know, maybe not getting a lot of love. And I think that people are going to be like, yeah, reskin, yeah, reskin. And I'm always like, to me, it makes way more sense to use existing capital and get life out of it than to leave it dormant and derelict. And there's plenty of examples of this. Escalation Protocol could get resurfaced, repackaged, uh, reskinned, uh, blind well. Eventually, the Black Armory Forges. Eventually, Menagerie. Eventually, Reckoning. You get so much distance from those activities, why not go in and spruce up the joint and give them new life? Why not? You know? Oh, but we want something new. I think the community is going to slowly start to see that they're their quest for only ever getting something new because I guess reskinning is the devil has been has been in some respects cutting off your nose to spite your face like you're you're robbing Bungie of the power to harness so much good content there's so many good pieces of content in this game so many good content loops in this game to leave those things derelict dormant and not really engage with I think is a crime we bought them you know and I think that's where people really, really, really misunderstand. Well, I already paid for it. Why do I want to pay for it again? Isn't, couldn't I flip that argument around and say, Bungie, I paid for this content and it's just sitting here dead as a doornail. Do something with this. There's two sides to this argument. Reskinning is not as simple as like slapping a decal on a weapon and being like, that'll be $10 for your season pass, please. Like, I'm not going to let them off the hook, but man oh man I paid for content to get access to Escalation Protocol and Blind Well and the Forges and Reckoning and Menagerie eventually I would love to see Bungie say you know what you guys bought this content it's good content we're gonna give it some new life that's that's better than always moving from one activity to the next no 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 it's fine there's cobwebs on Escalation Protocol and there's skeletons in the Reckoning and like nobody's going in there yeah give us this one little tiny slice of new that's what they do? No. They haven't gone back to any of the existing content. They haven't. With the exception of using the Infinite Forest for free events, they have not done anything with going back and giving new life to EP or any of those activities. They haven't done that. And we are about to, in September, embark into our fourth year. In When you go into the fourth year, if you're going to have a problem with year one stuff getting brought back to new life, then... you. I, I just I don't feel like you're seeing past your nose. It, why would you not want them to do that? I, it's it's just sitting there. <laughs> like it's it's a lot of good content. It's good places, cool looking weapons. It's here's the thing. It's a it's an ideological. It's a philosophical position. They shouldn't reskin. Man, it's not an argument from pragmatics. It's not an argument from efficiency. It's not an argument from fun or what's good for the game or good for the community. It's a, it's an ideological, philosophical. It's like a religion. It's like a, it's like a political party. I am part of the no reskin team. 
and anytime there's a reskin you're gonna hear from me it doesn't matter how old the content is it's lazy and it's wrong well thank you for being here we can't even have a discussion you're so dedicated to your to your 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 destiny development political leanings that we can't even have a conversation about why that might actually be good for the game and the community it's truds should we be pushing a vendor rework in terms of how rewards are laid out and grindable content loops instead of just a pure refresh I'm going to continue to put forth the idea that vendors should look like the the obelisks you level them up and get perks throughout the season and instead of weapon frames or weapon bounties do weapon boons I th- I'm going to continue to push for that gangs to build on your theory of network instability for smoother transmission transition into a new engine uh, what if there is no Destiny 3 and Destiny 2 just becomes a WoW format? That's exactly what uh, Paul Tassi thinks they're doing. Paul Tassi thinks they're going to go the WoW. That's that's the direction they're going to take. And I, you know, I I don't know is is that a uh, is that a feasible idea? there's a big giant if attached to that and the if I believe is a technological if Destiny 2 as it currently exists doesn't seem like it's able to do that to become Destiny Universe and they just always add on to it I, <laughs> it just doesn't that, that, that doesn't that doesn't seem like that's going to happen there's a technological barrier we would need I, I do believe the whispers of a new engine if there's any credence to them that's why they're doing that to get to get more years out of D- D2. And I got news for you. If they manage to get this game into a new engine somehow, by some some sort of miracle, why would you not eventually use that engine to build a brand new game? Or at the very least, like really, really blow the lid off this game with dedicated servers and larger areas and larger planets. I, I don't know. Even, if... If people are right and that's happening, that doesn't also then mean there's not a D3 or a significant, you know, e- explosion of the game later on. Dr. Killshot. If Microsoft is their new development partner, how would Bungie ensure that the game continues on all platforms that they currently support? Well, that would be part of the that would be part of the demand. You wouldn't be like, "Yes, Microsoft, help us develop the new game in this new engine." but uh, it's not going to work on PlayStation. They wouldn't do that. Bungie would basically say, we have a, a vested business interest in protecting this game's you know, ability to run on PlayStation. That's where most of our audience is. Minty Socks. If they do sunset weapons, what do you think will happen to exotics? I think eventually they will be sunset and people will get very angry. Iron Man. With a Benedict as a vendor in the tower, do you think that they could change it all to a raid vendor and have some sort of raid ornaments or something this is just my idea repackaged back to me with the next season having armor sharing geometry and being differentiated by decals and skins do you foresee the community complaining about a lack of armor to chase I mean I, yeah, I literally said this in the talk you might, you might not have been here I said I am concerned we waited this long and people are going to be like that's it it's one armor set with decal differences the reason I am tentatively defending it is I'm saying I think they want us to focus on going and getting gear from the game and the activity. Also consider 
if you're really wanting to grind for stuff every season, they're giving you an aspirational armor pursuit every season. This is just annual base armor. It's just vendor armor. It shouldn't really matter to you if you're really wanting stuff to chase. To me, there's a strange dissonance to have a player that says, I want a bunch of stuff to grind for, and you'd be worried about the vendor armor and ignore the fact that Bungie said there's going to be an aspirational armor grind every season. I feel like that would matter more to you. Do you think that they would add more specific ways to chase to either get a weapon or an armor piece? I, that's not There's nothing. That's not a very good specific question. I... It, it, that's just super generic. I've, I've outlined the weapon boon idea, but like, do you think they're going to add other ways to chase weapon and armor? I, 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 I have no idea. Should Bungie settle with a vendor refresh every year, or should they evolve vendors into something bigger than they are now? This just feels like a false dichotomy. I, I, I don't think they have to choose between these two extremes. I think they can iterate on, on vendors and make them better, but also continue to really drive us to go get loot from the world. I, I think those two things can happen at the same time. Spicy Cuban Pappy. Do you feel it more likely that the optimized D2 for next-gen console to match PC? 60 FPS, no menu lag, better load times instead of a new engine. It could be both, though. Again, this, uh, this also feels like a false dichotomy. To get the most consistent performance, better FPS or menu lag or load times or whatever, maybe that is an engine update. I don't know. I, I, I really don't. I'll continue to say that I think a new engine in September is really unlikely. That just seems really unlikely. That seems like a lot of work for the present game. If you're going to start to build the game in a new engine, it would be for the next game, not the current one. But again, who knows? There could be working magic in the background. Um, Warak says, How can Bungie make vendors something that you can come back to and grind. I know they're refreshing vendors, but after you get them, they refresh. Is there a reason to come back to them? My idea to make them look like obelisks, I think would be a reason to keep coming back. If the aspirational armor is for Grandmaster, I just don't enjoy that type of content like you. Well, okay, fair point. Then maybe there's going to be a new activity Maybe there's going to be an armor. There's, I would think maybe there's going to be a seasonal armor set to grind for, hopefully. Aspirational armor and then seasonal armor. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think they're going to leave us um, high and dry. Uh, you know, I don't think they're going to leave us high and dry. Like, oh yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing for you to grind for if you don't want to go after, you know, if you're not interested in the Grandmaster armor, um, you know. I don't think they would do that. Minty Socks. What do you think that they could do with Ikora? Because, and this is my opinion, I have almost never gone to her. I, th- they could do like what they did with Vex Offensive. Give her a reason. Attach her to an activity or something. You can already level the vendors. I think leveling just needs to be a value incentive. Like boons and increase XP and strikes. That's, I mean... I don't know if you guys are doing this on purpose, but like, that's literally what I said five minutes ago. (laughs) Like, and maybe, I mean, maybe we're just all on the same wavelength, but I feel like a lot of people are doing this now. They're like, I think they should just do exactly what you said five minutes ago, Lono. Yeah, exactly. An obelisk that as you level it up, increases your XP earn rates and boons. And when you hit certain levels, the boons are more effective. Like I've said that idea so many times. Um, So maybe you're just catching... Maybe you're just catching it in whispers and, and as I'm saying it and you're, I don't know. I, we, I, I said that a few minutes ago. Maybe, yeah, maybe you're just, you're, you're catching it as, uh, as you hang out. But 
I'm going to continue, as I've said many, many times, to bang on the drum of make the, uh, make the vendors look like obelisks. So as you level them, you get perks, you know, and then that resets every season. Um, the questions are submitted before you get to them. Just saying, I just read that from chat, but thanks. Critterbot. As someone who has only been around since Shadowkeep, how can vendors be built so they do not become obsolete after reaching max rank? Well, you would reset it every season. You know, you would reset it every season. So it's like, hey, you're really going to want to get max grind here. It's kind of like you really want to max out your season pass. It's a similar idea. It creates urgency and then it creates something. It creates that sense of new when you get into the new season. Instead of being like, why well, max him out? I'm done for the year. It would be something that you kind of do each season. Listen, I, it just, it happens too often. It happens too often. I'm not trying to like call people out, but very consistently people use identical phrasing to my phrasing in questions and suggestions. And it's like, it just seems incredibly coincidental. I'm not trying to be like, oh, it's my idea. I'm just saying you're just somehow miraculously saying the exact same thing that I said, you know, it just, it just starts to get a little bit like, you're just trying to be like me too, dad. Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, 500 bits from Robbie. Thank you. Uh, the monkey. What, who would be the director of destiny three? Not throwing shade at Luke Smith. Uh, I think he's a great director. Why did you submit this question then? Uh, Sammy, Sammy Atari. Uh, similar to Obelisk, do you think mods would be a good addition to vendors with weekly rotation of mods? Well, and see, this is exactly why Obelisks would be so helpful. So the seasonal mods, right? Every season, there's these mods that are supposed to, like, spice up what we're doing. Well, if this season you'd have been going to Zavala or Shax and leveling them up and unlocking Warmind Cell mods, you'd be like, oh, cool, right? Also, also, if the modifiers in the Grandmaster Nightfall are motivating you to use those mods, it's now a big harmonious system. It's a big harmonious system. I'm leveling Zavala. He's got these new mods that create, I don't know, SIVA charges. I want to use these mods. Oh, wow. Grandmaster Nightfall has SIVA charges in the modifiers. I'm going to want to run some of these SIVA charge builds. It's then a big, giant, harmonious system. It puts it on your radar and incentivizes going after it. It incentivizes changing your loadout, which incentivizes you to change your armor. And, and then the next season refresh it all oh wow Zavala's got these well, there's now these completely different mods in here literally permanent obelisk exactly and then every season they refresh their perks change up a bit the mods change up a bit you know what I mean I think he meant to say better director right yeah no let me go back and take this question serious let me take this serious who would be the director uh, a better director for destiny 3 not throwing shade yes you are what luke smith has done he's been a great director oh um i have this completely random director in my mind yeah he works at bungie uh he's in the accounting department and his name is just no it's a stupid question what am i supposed to take this serious i'm supposed to rattle off the name of some person 
person that I just have. Oh yeah, there's just this guy. He works over here at Bungie and his name is Bob. No, it's a dumb question. Luke Smith's doing a fine job. You're just trying to throw shade and then you say you're not throwing shade. Not to be, I'm not a racist. Yes, you are. You're about to say something racist. Not to throw shade. No, you're throwing shade. That's literally what you're doing. Shadow Lemons. Sincerely out of ignorance, what is the obelisk concept you're talking about? Well, if you played in Season of Dawn, there were these obelisks that you could level up, and as you leveled them up, you got cool stuff. So you got, like, mods, you got perks for that planet. You got perks to make the planet drop more currency and stuff. So the idea would be, I level up Zavala, and then I get more XP from uh, my strikes. I get... Uh, my boons are more effective. You do the same thing in, in Crucible, right? You, you get more XP from Crucible as you level them up. You get uh, you, you, your bounties complete faster. I know people are sick of bounties, but they're still going to be bounties. Uh, your bounties complete faster. Uh, your boons are more effective. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like you you get you get like a a benefit for investing. It's it's that perfect spectrum. The more you put in, the more you get out. If you upgraded all of your obelisks and then you hit level 92 on the season pass during Season of Dawn, you got better weapons and you got them more often. Anybody could go play Sundial and get the weapons, but the more you put in, the more you got out. It's a perfect system. So a casual is going to look at Zavala and be like, okay, it's going to take me roughly a month to a month and a half to max him out. And the hardcore guy is going to say, I'm going to get this done in two weeks. He gets more out for what he puts in. It's a beautiful spectrum of investment return. The more you invest, the more you get on your return. And so that's why I think if you're going to look at a vendor, you don't want to go to the vendor and buy God rolls. You don't want to go to a vendor and token slam. You're investing in that, that faction or that rep, and you're getting something back for that that's driving you to play go run strikes go run crucible and if it works properly even though you play crucible or run the strikes hundreds of times it doesn't matter it's it feels super rewarding while you're doing it do you remember the double exotic in in in, uh in warden of nothing remember that everybody went and started running it why it felt rewarding You'd be more apt to run strikes. Oh, dude, I just hit level 50. Dude, my boons are more effective. I'm getting more XP. My bounties complete faster. This is freaking great. This is awesome. Sorry about the question. I skims past it, and then somebody in chat wanted to, like, try to redeem your question. It, it, what, it just wasn't... Why, why are you going to do that? Why are you going to, like, basically say, we need another director for Destiny 3? Like, come on. I'm tired of people taking shots at Luke Smith. It just gets tiring. Do you think the idea of the armor having the same geometry shape? I've already kind of answered that. Uh, kind of a relevant question, but do you think that Bungie should create more powerful weapon perks to incentivize players to play aspirational content? This is another one of those questions that just feels like you've answered your question. You, do you think I'm going to say no to this? Of course! Should Bungie create more powerful weapon perks to incentivize players to play aspirational content? No, aspirational loot should suck. Yeah, of course they should do this. We need better stat leans when I go into aspirational content. We need better perks, adept weapons for trials. Yes, of course I'm going to say yes to this. How could you possibly say no to this? I will say they need to move away from damage perks and reload perks because that gets kind of boring. 
like we're always going for damage perks we're always going for reload perks but you're basically asking should they make the loot better to motivate people to go in aspirational content I mean absolutely 100% yes no one's gonna say no to that if they got a brain in their head like of course of course come on uh Naxity what kind of item should a vendor have to make it more unique from another it um, uh, doesn't sound uh like you're talking about the vendor updates I it, I don't know what you mean with D2 lasting for a while, at what point does the seasonal armor mod become cumbersome? With transmog coming, could it be difficult to locate and use desired mods? Um, maybe the UI might need some help. Maybe you maybe you retire the mods or, or put them somewhere. Um, okay, so I'm going to change characters in the event that there's a cutscene, because a reset just happened. There Was there an update I needed to download? Because I didn't, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. There's a new quest. Yeah, there's something here. Is this is this new? The lie. Yeah, there's a new quest called the lie. We're gonna go check out Anna Bray. Um, you know what? We'll just I'm just gonna end Q and A there so we can focus on this. So there's something new. Felwinter's lie, the lie. So don't go anywhere. I'm going to go full screen. We're going to analyze this. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live for these spicy convos and debates. Say no to rage.com. See if you come in. If not, please like, share, and subscribe.